0: Chalks Alive, John's alive. John's alive.
1: So, good evening and welcome to Charlton Life. This is the big match preview. My name is Louis Mendes. I hope you guys are all very well on this week's show. We will, of course, be looking ahead to Saturday's home clash uh, with Oxford United at the Valley, the return of former Addicts boss Carl Robinson uh, to sc 7 Joining me to look ahead to that game, a man who's been uh, busy in his chair, Mr. Nathan Miller. Hey, dear Nathan.
2: Living the dream, mate. Sorry, mate. I clicked the wrong button. Then. Sorry for uh, the play. <laughs>
1: yeah, was...
2: yeah, not bad, mate. Not bad. Another week has passed, and uh, buzzing for you know the mid-table sort of clash, Well, not mid-table for them, but you know looking forward to try and pushing in that top twelve. Yeah, I mean,
1: yeah, I mean that's very much the big part of this season now. The passage of time, just waiting for it to be over, and also uh, joining us, uh, wishing their life away is uh, Tom How are Hey, doing, Tom?
3: Not too bad, mate. Yeah, yourself?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, no one ever asked me. Thank you, Tom. Yeah, deep down, get get deep into my soul. I'm fine. I'm just a bit bored of the season now, but that's fine. I can live with that. All uh, all laying the groundwork for next year. That's what I'm talking about now. So on this week's show, uh, we'll be discussing the injury crisis uh, at the Valley. It's been a while since we've had one, to be fair, but we've got a proper one now. Uh, so we're going to hear from Johnny Jackson on that. We're also going to hear his thoughts on the likes of Daniel Carney uh, and Mason Burstow, the youngsters who've been playing up front for us uh, recently, Johnny. Uh, we'll also talk about the, uh, the goals from midfield that we need after Elliot Lee finally got back on the score sheet. Uh, on Saturday. Uh, well, so we're going to talk about the upbeats. Walk well, coming up. Uh, going to hear from uh, Simon uh, from the Fence End pod. Uh, give us the lowdown on Oxford United, and then Jacko will preview uh, the game himself. I mean, before before we hear about Johnny then, obviously, I mean, it's nice to be back at home, I think, Tom, after, after those two defeats where, you know, on another day, we probably could have taken two points, but we only got ourselves to blame for the fact that we didn't. So it's nice to get back to the Valley where generally our, our form's been pretty good.
3: Yeah, definitely. They're they're two difficult away games. Uh, as you say, it would have would have been nice to come away with a couple of points, and obviously potentially more than that as well. Uh, I think, especially the the Wigan game, you, you probably don't necessarily go into that expecting us to come out with anything. But the the manner of the game, you know, going ahead and then as you say conceding such a poor goal, you're obviously disappointed. Um, but as you say, the the home record this season generally has been very good. Uh, we've beaten a lot of, a lot of good teams uh, down here. So, yeah, getting someone to, to our patch seems to be a very different different game. Obviously, the striker problem uh, is continuing and and that's going to remain an issue, uh, of course. But if we've managed to iron out some of those mistakes that cost us goals in those away games, uh, combined with our, our current home form, hopefully a decent-sized crowd down there, then, uh, yeah, it, it, we're a very different team at home. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it would be nice to try and get back on track. As you say, season's pretty much written off, but that doesn't mean you don't go into games wanting to win.
1: Yeah, I mean, that is the, the important thing now for the rest of this season, Nate, is that we can't just lay down. We can't just give up. I mean, it, you do that, you, you find yourself getting sucked into a relegation battle if you're not careful, but certainly it won't it won't be the sort of momentum building second half of the season we're hoping for. Now, of course, we're well aware of the... The struggles we're having up front in terms of injuries, which we're going to hear from, from Johnny in a few moments time, but it doesn't mean we, we just give up. I mean, we want to see, take some of those positives out of, out of the performance away at, at Wigan, even though we, we threw it away again. And, and like I say, only ourselves to blame in terms of conceding silly goals. But there, there were good points out of that as well. And, and, and a, a, maybe a 15, 20 minute spell at Bolton as well.
2: Yeah, I think like with the Wigan game, it was weird really, because when I saw the team sheet and saw it was probably going to be Mason and Leko up front, as, as you know as much as they're good in their own, um, have their own good attributes, um, I think, obviously Leko for me isn't a centre forward anyway, um, said that on the show after the game and uh, on Sunday, um, and obviously Mason's still learning, so I think scoring that early probably done us, probably was a, was worse for us really because then we had, they've got such a big squad and such a good squad um, to come into it but yeah it's nice to be back at home and like you were saying that we don't really want it to fall into a you know one of those lulls at the end of the season where it's just a bit dull and but there is a risk of that happening but if you know if we don't sharpen up and, and you know we don't put in the performances and not only could we as you rightly say get sucked into a a relegation fight which is mad really thinking about it where we where I was thinking we were gonna be at the beginning of the season, but we are where we are and, and we gotta to, got to remember as well is Jacko's gonna to wanna to start planning for next season and a lot of players are out of contract. Um and it's a time for them to put on a performance to show Jacko that they want to be part of this, whether or not I know Jacko's probably got a, a few ideas of who he wants to keep, but um there might be some on the periphery where they can earn their sort of uh, contracts next year so yeah hopefully we can get a good couple of wins um, try and end the season on some sort of high but it's just a bit difficult at the moment it's just a bit meh isn't it really <laughs> I mean yeah. so many times this season you said oh we could have done this or you know "Oh, if only our set pieces were better if only we took our chances and it just seems like a groundhog day really so long um, long await the uh, end of the season for the, for the Ipswich game and then we can roll on roll on to the next one
1: yeah, not too many more games to go now. We're into the final 15, which is good. Like quarter of a season or a third of a season even. Uh, right, let's hear uh, then from Johnny Jackson. We did mention we, we've been having issues. We found out when we got to Wigan uh, that we were going to be without the likes of Chucks and EK and Connor Washington with muscle problems. Uh, Scott Fraser was out with COVID as well. Of course, we know uh, about Jalen Stockley. So how are we looking ahead of this home game with Oxford on Saturday? Uh, starting off, uh, Jacko asked during a press day today, is there any chance that Scott Fraser may have returned uh, from his bout with COVID?
4: He's not been back with us, uh, with the group yet because he's he's still been symptomatic up to today. So, uh whether that whether that's gonna um, change between now and Saturday obviously I'm not not so sure um so yeah I mean, you know it's, there's no getting away from it we are we are depleted in certain areas of the pitch and and you know big important players for us in um, in those areas as well so uh, it makes it more difficult but obviously it's opportunities for other people and and obviously having to go about our, our you know our play and our uh, the way that we're going to go about trying to win the game slightly different perhaps than, than we would if those guys were available.
5: I means you're going to have to be, continue to be creative with your team selection. Uh, I mean, I know Mason and Daniel Carney came in. And you know Mason's always going to uh, put in a shift for you. Daniel came in for his opening uh, for his bow, senior bow. It must have been pleasing for him. But in a perfect world, obviously, you, you probably wouldn't have had to do it just yet. But more creative uh, team selections coming up.
4: Well, that's it. Yeah, those guys aren't available. So, there's an opportunity for for someone else somewhere else, isn't there? So, um, yeah, obviously done a lot of work this week on on some things, and uh, we have to try and uh, trying to find a way of beating a, a good Oxford side with what, what we have available to us.
1: So it doesn't look like it's uh, getting any better soon, <laughs> I mean, it's a problem. I mean, it is a tough one. You take you take your your first your, your first free choice strikers out of any team. You know, and you're gonna struggle. And then the likes of Scott Fraser, we've bought in, you know, in January, and, and, and came on against Bolton and looked the real deal in, in in his first proper proper cameo. I know he'd had a few minutes before that, but you know, all of a sudden, all those little inklings of things that could be good about what's happened in January with Chucks and, and Scott coming in, they've just been wrenched away from us again. So we're, we're stuck again in this issue where we, we are we are depleted, and I think I think it's showing in terms of going forward, in particular.
3: Yeah, it's annoying, isn't it? Because we're kind of familiar with this feeling over the last few seasons with us not signing enough players and having that sort of injury crisis because players were being asked to play too much and then having to play all kinds of youth players as a result of that. But it, as you just said there, this season, you know, whether we bought well or not, uh, people have obviously debated over the summer, but we certainly brought bodies in. We then strengthened in the areas we needed to in January. Uh, maybe not quite enough, but we did get players through the door. So I think largely we're well stocked in a lot of the the positions now. Um, so the fact that we're now struggling to to play players just shows this one really is a bit of bad luck as opposed to those other seasons where it was you know under investment into the team and yeah you couldn't write it could you really that that all of them would have those those different issues um, and and all be out and it is a concern because obviously I think was it Wimbledon was our last home game we put three away um, you know it wasn't we didn't play brilliantly but we scored three goals and, and got the win. And then those two away games, scoring those couple of goals, but but getting no points. I think I said it on one of the pods, maybe a week or two ago, that we at the moment because our defensive lapses and because we are conceding silly goals, we're needing to score a couple of goals at least to win a game. And when you haven't got your three strikers available for you, that's obviously going to be be ten times harder. And yes, we got Mason, um, but again, still very young. Um, you know, I know he's done well in games, but not fair to rely on him. Um, and then you've got Carnu. who obviously came on for a very brief cameo. But again, no way we should be playing him at this stage in his career. So it is a little bit difficult. I know we've got people like Lecco or DJ that could come in and play there. And I know they've played there in the past, but they're not what you would call out and out strikers. So it is a problem. I think I'm obviously glad we're not as close to that relegation zone as we were a few weeks ago because then I'd be nervously looking over my shoulder. The, the reality is that, probably whether we win or lose it's not going to make a huge amount of difference but as we all said you don't want the season to tail off you do want to try and build some momentum for next year uh, and ultimately you want these players fit and, and ready to go to know that you can rely on them um, because you know contracts are up in the summer and stuff and I think certainly in, in Chucks Connor and Jade and they're players that we probably all agree we want to stay next year so yeah it's a frustrating one for Saturday it'll be interesting to see what Jacko goes with whether he tries a, a change of formation which I know he's He's been trying to avoid, but um, yeah, just just our luck at the moment, unfortunately.
1: Mm, yeah, I mean, in in terms of Chucks and EK in particular, it does, I guess, come back to the the big question when we signed him. I did ask Jacko, I remember away at Cheltenham about whether he, he'll be in a position to be, you know, be, be starting more games than he certainly did during his last spell here. And uh, you know, Johnny said he wants to work towards that, and and he did go a couple of ninety minutes at the start of his second spell here naif but there's always that that deep line concern that he he is a bit injury prone you know and you know I'm, I'm hoping we're going to be able to rely on him as our one of our main strikers in the next three three and a half years but there's always this this slight concern at the back of your mind
2: yeah of course and i think like you say, with his injury record it's always going to pose questions and but it would just being, i don't know what the injury is but I don't know if it's a recurrence of, of previous ones or if it's just the new one. Because if it's, if it's a brand new injury, it could be anything. It just could be unfortunate. But if it's a recurring one, um, yeah, obviously they have to try and manage him. And like you say, we want to try and keep him an in the team as much as we can. Because when he plays, he does something. Um, whether that's barge a referee or, or score a goal, I don't know. But um, yeah, he's obviously better in the side. Um, and you can see when when him and Chucks aren't there, um, it's noticeable. I mean, obviously Connor's good, but again, he's not that sort of presence up 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 top. So, and he he sort of works the channels a bit more. So, I just think we look very uh, with our options. Even if Connor was fit, we looked quite lightweight to play one up top. Or, you know, Connor's not one to hold up the play. So, it's it's difficult. It's difficult how how we're going to try and. Do something in this in this system that Jacko wants us to play in, which I think it can work if we have the right players. But we, I've said multiple times we don't have the squad when he first come in to do that. Um, we did have some good results. Um, so yeah, it's just difficult really because we just haven't got that presence. Maybe I don't know. Maybe we'll like Tom says. Maybe we'll throw a spanner in the works and play. I don't know a 4-3-3 but with one as a false nine, and then we haven't got an out and out striker. But I can't see that happening. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's going to be difficult um, because I just don't know where we're going to get hold of that ball and bring others into play.
1: Yeah, I mean, there was one interesting point I guess um, that, that came up in the fans bar actually on on Saturday after the game up at Wigan. Now, of course, you know when we were listening to Jacko's pretty much this time last week, he he was sort of saying, well, there was there was no fresh injuries out of the game with uh, with Bolton. Uh, but I think he knew probably at the time fully well that the likes of Chucks and and Connor and uh, weren't going to be available for this game, but decided to play it close to his chest. Now, I mean, that's something that we've seen a lot. Bo used to do it all the time. Uh, I mean, there were times where we actually knew that he, they had players injured, but we, it was an agreement that it wasn't going to be said, like Igor going into the closing stages of the promotion season. It was quite well known sort of behind the scenes that Igor was unfit, but Bo had made it clear he wanted to keep it close to his chest. And Jack obviously does this again, but... You know, one of the chaps we spoke to, I think it was Niall, I spoke to up at, up at Wigan Station on the way back. He was a bit upset that he felt, I don't know, he felt like Jacko could come out and be more honest with, the, with with the fans about that. I mean, is it about finding that balance between not wanting to show your hand to to Liam Richardson and, and the Wigan team, but also, you know, not wanting to have loads of Charlton fans travelling, thinking everything's going to be fine, and then find out an hour before kick off that there's no no strikers.
3: Yeah, uh, there, there is a certain amount of loyalty to to the fans, and obviously if. If you're spending a lot of money, um, you know trains are expensive. Um, tickets can be expensive. You know, it's, it is a long day out, and and when you know some of these people are doing it week in week out, obviously they've done two trips to the northeast, uh, sorry the northwest in in a week. Um, you know that's that's a lot of money to lose, and if you go there, you know expecting a full strength eleven and not getting that, you, you've got a right to to question that. I think, you know Jacko. Ultimately, the only thing on his mind is the results. You know, he has to focus on the results, um, and they take priority. And if you know, getting in the head of the other team's manager or not giving tactics away to the other team is part of that. Then, then I don't necessarily blame him. You know, I think there's a certain amount, as I say, of, of goodwill between fans and manager, and you want that relationship to be there. But ultimately, he has to get results. And if he picks a and Bursto up front and they win, nobody's having that problem, are they? So. It is a difficult one, um, obviously, particularly at this stage of the season for fans to be travelling. It's it's just amazing to see. I know the numbers weren't huge at either of those two games, but the people that did go, it's an amazing effort, you know, when we've got nothing to play for, to still go up to those grounds and do it. And, and they deserve a huge amount of credit for that. But ultimately, Jacko has to uh, play the right game for himself and, and about winning the games, which is, is his priority.
1: Yeah, I see. We're coming up to something like 900, maybe even a thousand, to be going up to Sheffield Wednesday uh, in, in a week or so's time, which is an absolutely remarkable return, as you say. The support's been, you know, good in very trying times this season. Uh, I mean, I mean, look when, when we come into this Oxford game, so we know we're going to be without those two. Uh, I mean, we'll, we'll talk a bit more about Carnum and Burstow in a few moments' time, Dave because we've got Jacko speaking about the pair of them. But you know, Jonathan Lico was one that we spoke about. And, I mean, he's. I I prefer him wide. I know he played he played up top a lot more during his first spell at the club. but I prefer him wide, um, and and I do think like when when there's not at least one of the of the big chaps Stockley or an Ek to play off, I think Connor would struggle anyway. But I think Jonathan's probably struggling a little bit. I mean the hold hold up player is non existent up top at the moment.
2: Yeah, of course it is, and I think it's weird because like I know there's a player in there, but I just think this time around. I just don't think he's had the impact that obviously we wanted he wanted Jacko wanted um and I just find it a bit strange because I just don't think he sits fits in the system at all and if we had it similar with Charlie Kirk and Charlie Charlie Kirk got bombed out because he didn't fit in the system I think in my opinion anyway so it is I don't know if if we didn't you know if we couldn't send him back or you know, I don't know but I just find it weird because he's not a striker he can't play with his back to goal. If he plays up with a target, man, it could work. But we haven't got that. <laughs> um, and, yeah, he had that good game at right wing back, didn't he, against Sunderland when we first tried it. But, you know, it was one game. And I just think when he comes on, he's, you look him on the bench and you go, right, He's he's got pace. He can, he's, you know, he's, got, he's a maverick, as I think Bowie called him once. You know, he can do something from the unexpected. But he's just not done anything for me, really. And it's just... When you see him up top, like, yeah, if the ball goes over the top, and yeah, he might be able to get onto it. But I just find he's the, the. Sometimes he slows the game down. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes I think his feet move quicker than his head. And he's just like, he just doesn't really know what to do. But like, don't get me wrong, when he played up front with Lyle uh, the first time around, I think he was really effective. But I just don't know. He just hasn't seemed to get that consistency, which, to be fair to him, no one's really been consistent apart from a couple. You know, Dobbo and I know Clare's made a couple of boo-boos recently, but he's been quite consistent um, playing at centre-half. So, yeah, it just frustrates me with Lico a little bit. He is better out wide, I agree. Um, but, again, we're not playing that formation, you know? like I mean, If we play 4 three, three, imagine if Kirk on his day, if we the node we'd play that was at Crew and Neko on his day, and we know seen either side, then, yeah, it could probably work. But then we had that predicament earlier in the season when we were... The midfield and the wings are so far away from Jaden. It was just one ball up to Jaden, and see what we could do in and around it, which wasn't working. So, yeah, it, w- it looks like he probably will start up front um, and he'll probably bang an act trick and shut me up, won't he? Which I hope <laughs> he does. But, um, yeah, it's just difficult because he it, it's, it's, it doesn't suit the way that we're playing at the moment. And he's just not really affecting
1: games. Lovely stuff. Right, well, we have been speaking, of course, about the, the fact that we're struggling a little bit in terms of uh, options up top. Uh, we saw on Saturday Daniel Carnu, the 17-year-old striker, has been banging him in at academy level so far this season. He came on for the last 10, 15 minutes or so uh, at the DW Stadium for his senior uh, debut. Now, of course, he replaced Mason Burstow, uh, who himself is still very new to the team, but it will be off to Chelsea uh, at the end of the season, officially back on loan, of course, after we sold him uh, to the Blues on uh, transfer deadline day. Uh, so, uh, Jacko was asked during the press day today uh, whether he thinks that Daniel Carnou can be seen as a replacement for Mason Burstow uh, for this time next season. I think
4: it's really early to say with, with Dan. Um, he's doing great things with the under 18s, but going from under 18 football to uh, first team League One football is a, a huge step. and you know, he needs to make the progressions from 18s going to Anthony Hayes, um, group there with the 23s and, and have the same impression that he does at 18s football, uh, to get his opportunities. You know, it's, I'm really pleased with Dan, um, uh, and that he's got his opportunity, but obviously, you know, with our, with our aspiration for where we want to be, um, you know, it's, 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 it's small steps for someone like that. And, uh, you know, if they if they're they're making all the progressions and and scoring goals and impacting it uh, along the way, then if then they will get thrown in. We've shown that if they if they're good enough, but um, you know, on the back of a, a good season with the under 18s it's it's not enough to say he's now the, you know the ready made replacement for, for for someone like a Mason himself. You know, he's only easy. Obviously, he's gone to Chelsea now, so he, he won't be with us next year. But even even if he was, you know, he he would still be someone who's played a handful of games and and uh, has, has got no experience at the level, and uh, you know it's all happened really quickly for him. But you know that doesn't mean that, that you're necessarily ready to to be sort of that one who's going to you know play every week and, and fire a team to promotion.
1: There you go. I mean, uh, Jacko is very honest about about the fact, and it's not just for Daniel; it is for Mason as well. Tom, It's that in normal circumstances where there's no injury crisis? I mean. Mason will probably be a bench player at best and that's no indication on him that's just the fact that he's 18 years old and now Daniel's getting closer as well for the same thing so I mean it's, it's we have to remember the age and experience of these players when we try and take into account the fact that they I mean Daniel's only had 15 minutes or so but Mason obviously does struggle to impact games at times you know even though he does score the odd goal
3: yeah I was I think I said it the night he got sold uh, I was absolutely stunned that that Chelsea bought Mason Burstow and and I don't mean that it probably sounds awful and I don't mean it as a criticism of, of him at all and he may go on to be one of the best strikers in the world for all I know but he's so young and he's so raw and he's had so little game time at League One level let alone anything bigger than that and so they've clearly bought potential and they've taken a bit of a punt on him. And if it works out, then fair play to him. And I don't begrudge him the move at all. But he's somebody that I expected would, you know, for another two or three years be around League One, trying to, trying to kind of hone his craft and develop and bulk up and all those other things that a, a player of that age needs to do. So I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't see Karno as a regular in the first team for another, another two or three years at least. And I know he's got an amazing goal scoring record in youth football but it is youth football and even just since i've been doing this podcast which I, I can't don't know how long it is four or five years we've seen so many strikers not make it uh, you know and and people joe Piggott, good example came in flopped went off rebuilt his career somewhere else now a very good proven league one striker carlin came in flopped went out again honed his craft came in has played in the premier league decent championship striker you know there are probably countless other examples, and for these two, I think it's very easy to get carried away. Firstly, because they've come through our youth again, and that comes with such a big reputation, and, and obviously we love that. Secondly, because Mason has burst onto the scene, he has scored goals in in, in games across all the tournaments that he's played for Charlton this this season. But, you know, Naif said it the other week. You look at some of his runs, they're the sort of runs that a youth player makes. Like, he hasn't got that game intelligence for for men's football yet. And that's going to take time. And as I say, it's not a criticism of him at all because he's just learning that. So it's really difficult. I'd love to see Kanu break through. I'd love to see him get some more minutes at the back end of this season when we're not playing for too much. But at the same time, to expect him to start leading the line for Charlton in the next couple of years, I don't think anybody's going to be happy with that, including him because he he doesn't need that pressure on himself. So we have to be patient with these young lads and we have to give them time to grow because their development is key. And if we get that right at this stage, when they hit sort of 22, 23, you then get a much better player as a result of that. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, interesting to see what game time they both get between now and the end of the season.
1: Yeah, I mean, in particular then for Mason on Saturday, because we're, we're assuming at this at this rate, Nathan, that he's going to start. I mean, I don't know if you would see a way you could get around that and, and not put that pressure on Mason at this point. But if if, if you do have to start Mason on Saturday, what would you be telling him to do differently from what he's done so far this season?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah, I think it's inevitable that he's going to be starting. Um, I, th- I mean, in terms of, the, obviously, physicality, you can't change that overnight. Um, he's got a leap on him. So, I mean, um, he's okay on the leap. But I just think, well, as Tom said there, that one of the, when we went to uh, Cheltenham, uh, Cheltenham away it was, his runs were quite straight. So, if you watch, if you watch Mason's runs, and then you watched Washington's runs. They're chalk and cheese. But that's because mate, um, Washington is a more, obviously, seasoned pro. Gaming intelligence is good. Knows how to get on the shoulder. And Mason's got pace to burn. So I think he just needs to sort of see where his runs are. And he, more intelligent runs. So well, the way I saw it, it was the ball was going to go right clip. And his runs were just straight. So thinking that the ball's going to go over. He's going to get onto it. He's going to be through and go, Which might happen. But a lot of these defenders in this division are big, bulky. They know how to defend their box. They know how to, you know, to drop a little bit deeper when he's there because they don't want to let him in behind. So he's just got to be a little bit more clever um, with his runs. But but for me, I think the problem is going to be it's just that physicality, which I think last few games of sorts I've seen is that's what we've lacked. Um, if we're not playing through the thirds, which some of the times we skip, which is fine to do it every now and again, but if we just clip it time and time and time again, Mason's not going to be able to shrug off a big old bulky centre half <laughs> like Chucks could or Jaden could or something like that. So I don't think he's got too much on I me. Mean, like Tom said, he's still learning, but I just think his runs could be that little bit more cuter. Um, but you give him a chance in the box like he's proved, you know, yeah. Pepper John Trophy and whatnot, you know, he can't he has got an eye for goal. So um I think we need to get in areas so we can get him the ball to do those sort of goals in the you know, eighteen yard box and let him finish. But at the moment we're playing into a way where we're trying to encourage him to build up the play, which I don't think suits his game.
1: Lovely stuff. Well, what has happened uh, this week and what we need to see more of, of course, is midfielders uh, scoring goals. Elliot Lee uh, managed to bag one up at Wigan uh, the other day. And again, Jacko was asked during the press day today uh, if he hopes that we'll start to see a few more goals from the midfield, starting of course with the fact that Elliot has got one uh, on Saturday.
4: Absolutely, yeah. I'm really pleased uh, for Elliot. Obviously, he came out of the side uh, for a few games there, came back in and uh, impacted the game. I've been encouraging him and all my midfield players and especially the attacking ones to, to start contributing with goals. I think it's really important. Uh, Someone as good as Elliot, you know, he needs to be scoring more than three. Someone, someone as good as Alex Gilby who gets into positions, you know, they need to be adding goals. Albie Morgan needs to add goals to his game. Uh, It can't just obviously rely on on the forward. So it's something that we work on a lot and that we talk about a lot. And uh, obviously, you know, myself who, who played in that position and, uh, you know, like mucked in with with the goals It's something that I'm, you know, speaking to them often about and uh, highlighting that that's, that's the thing that gets you sort of elevates you, you know, beyond the level really. So um, they're all aware of that. They're all all aware of what I want from, from that role. Uh, They've got the license there to go and join in and get in the box exactly like Elliot done for that goal. Great goal that we scored there, all the stuff that we work on. So, uh, he was pleased with that one. I was pleased for him. And hopefully that's the start of a few more.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's that's the point we've been banging home for a long time, Tom, is that we don't, we, we ain't been scoring goals from midfield. Now, you know, Elliot got one Saturday. I mean, the, the one I want to see add more is, is Alex Gilby. I thought once he broke his duck, you know, once he got that one against Ipswich, I thought, right, here we go. He's going to go on a run. But he's missed, he's missed some good chances. You know, hit the post at, at Portsmouth, hit the bar at, at Wigan. Uh, but at some point, he needs to start sort of adding these to his game again, because when we are light like, up top, players like Gilby could could be the, the difference between getting those extra goals that we need.
3: Yeah, I think even when the strikers are fit, I don't think the the midfielders have done enough. I mean, I think Elliot Lee's got two or three, hasn't he? Um, at, at Gilby, has he still only got the one? I think Ben Perrington's probably got three or four, so... Yeah, there just hasn't been enough for midfield and that's not just this season. Um, there was a season when, I think when Boyer and Jacko first kind of took over or were involved in the coaching. And I remember both of them talking about getting Jake further forward and Jake went on a lovely little run towards the end of that season, getting a few goals and, and then obviously got his injury, which which sort of hampered that. But I thought, right, with those midfielders in charge, they're going to be encouraging them to get forward because obviously Boyer had a decent scoring record and Jacko did all right as well. But... For whatever reason this season, that, that just hasn't happened. And obviously, Morgan wasn't in the squad, then came back, got his one. Nothing's really happened. As you say, Gilby got his at was it Ipswich and then and then nothing really. Uh, Lee's got a couple, but I think, again, we'd expect a little bit more. And, and it's difficult. And I know that's not everything about their game. They're doing a lot of work defensively and a lot of work moving the ball around as well. But they do need to score more goals and we do expect more from them. And again, if we think ahead to next season... Um, you know that's something that they're gonna they're gonna need to work on, whether it's formation, whether it's positioning, whatever it is. Um, we need more of it because, as you say, both I think Gilby in particular and Elliot Lee are are in that sort of position where they should be driving forward with the ball, having shots from the edge of the area, even getting into the box and scoring goals as well. So, yeah, I think. Um, it's definitely an area that's that's disappointed us this season, and it's something that they need to work on and and get more consistency into their game because they've all got it in them as they've shown, just nowhere near enough and nowhere near consistently.
1: Yeah, it must be so frustrating for Jacker as well, Nave, because I mean he, he was the epitome of a midfielder who liked to get goals. You know, there's a couple of times I think he was our, our top scorer uh, during his time at the club. So I mean he 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 surely is is the best placed man to make sure that these guys start pitching in when, when they need to but it's, I think it's part of our game plan as well you know we, we get we get the the wing backs bombing forward and there is license as well for at least a couple of the midfielders because Dobbo will happily sit deep and uh, and a couple of the midfielders just get in there
2: Yeah I think sometimes we don't fill the box enough for me I think you know there have been times I mean if you look at the like Tom mentioned Ben Puritan you know it's not like he's gone on a mazy run and smashed, smacked it top bins he's gone round the back stick got in the box and he's been in the right place at the right time DJ done it with a header Elliot done it against Wigan. I just don't think we do that enough, um, and I think Gilby's obviously got it in his locker. He's, you know, he's he, he, he offers so much more in terms of industry and energy and stuff like that. So it's just converting that energy into filling the box a bit more. There's so many times we'll have a bot, we'll have a, we'll have the ball midway into there in the the opponent's half, and we've just got like one like one player, and it's it's predictable. And we always play in front of teams. Um, but yeah, I just think that Gilby. I think what Gilby's got one and what one assist. Elliot's got three goals, four assists. Morgan's got three assists, so they're doing that bit. But between, if you think of what Jacko's main three that he started with was Gilby, Elliot, and Dobson, four goals. It's it's not a lot. And Tom mentioned it. You know, look at the. I know it's a completely different team, and we might not see that team a similar team for a long time. But Aribo scored goals. Cullen popped up with a couple Billetcott popped up with a couple you know so Jake as he said so I just think we just need to be a bit more brave and just get in the box because yeah every time you get in the box you're not going to score of course you're not but there's so many times where the ball will fall or someone will you know skew up their clearance and it will fall to you and then you're just tucking it away and it's just goals like that there's really scrappy goals that we don't seem to be getting from, from the midfield areas
1: Yeah, something that we need to improve on. Right, let's have a break here on Charlton Live, the big match preview. When we come back, uh, we've got your tweets and emails.
0: Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
3: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
4: Cullen trying to take his man on. Chip ball back
5: across. Bowers there. Pierce is there. Bowers with a header, And it's done. Oh, done. Yes! Oh, it's done. It. Oh, Oh, Patrick you absolute German beauty! Dreamland! Dream Charlotte scored! With seconds remaining! We've done it too!
1: Gets in! Come on! What Let's a time go. to be Here Wembley! Oh my God! Live. Hi, welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview looking ahead to Saturday's home game uh, with Oxford United at the Valley. Can't wait for that one. Can't uh, look forward to see Carl Robinson again back in his uh, back home, isn't he? I feel I always feel like this is where he belongs. Uh, no, probably not to be fair. But he's uh, <laughs> you know, it'd be nice to see him. Um Let's have a look at a couple of messages uh, that have come in. Uh, McSquared, now this is a good question. Uh, emailed in. Any realistic hopes of reaching the playoffs disappeared uh, when Jaden Stockley got injured. Disgust. I mean, it is—is is it that simple? It, it does feel like that it's played a massive part. You know, ever since that that game before, was it just before Christmas that, that he played without Connor, and then he came back the other way round and. Now, we haven't seen him since and it has been a massive trouble. And not not just going forward, it's in it's in our own box as well, defending Tom. He's a massive, massive part of this team.
3: It's definitely one of the key reasons we won't make the playoffs. I think, in hindsight, as you say, it was just before Christmas. If we'd have got a striker in a bit earlier in the January transfer window uh, and they'd hit the ground running, then there's every chance that that might have made a difference. Uh, and I think certainly going into January, we weren't out of the, the playoff race, so I don't think necessarily the moment he got injured was it, but I think the knock-on effect from that and then the, the slow business in January as a combination has been the problem. I haven't looked back at the, the goals or lack of goals we scored over that time, and I know a couple of games were cancelled and stuff, but I certainly think kind of after the, the Ipswich and Cambridge week in December, when we beat both of those teams, there was then probably six weeks that I think probably decided our season and in that six weeks we had games called off we had J- Jaden's injury and we didn't really bring anybody in and i think coming out at the other end of that um uh, i think we lost a couple of people to to covid as a result of the new variant at that time as well i think off the back of that six week period that's probably why we're not going up um but yeah as the the email said there Jaden uh, in both boxes and just around the, the the team as well obviously got made captain and I know it was um, some people queried the decision and whether a striker should be captain, but you can see him marching around the pitch, shouting at players, encouraging players. And that makes a big difference as well and doesn't go unnoticed. So, yeah, a huge loss. I know last time he played, he said he wanted to end his career with Charlton, didn't he? So I'd be more than happy to see him sign up for uh, for another few years if, if uh, he can get back fit.
1: Yeah, look like it might accidentally be doing it at this rate. <laughs> it's taken him so long to get back, but hopefully, uh, hopefully, it won't be too much longer. I guess we'll find out uh, in the wash. Right, Reg says it uh, turns out the PSA test at the Valley on Saturday uh, does not involve a digital insertion, but is a blood test. I.e., just a little prick. Uh, this is a relief as it means the only digital nonsense I have to worry about. Uh, is uh, that which is uh, on social media from so-called Charlton fans? Honestly, have a look at yourself. If it wasn't for Messrs Mendez uh, and Coley and Lady Gallup, I'd be uh, off Twitter uh, quicker than our strikers heading for the treatment room. Well, I'm, I'm glad that I'm one of the ones. One of the reasons you're still on there, but yeah, it's um. Uh, If you ever find trouble in there, I just mute, block, don't reply, that sort of stuff. You don't have to get involved with with conversations uh, like that. But it does uh, uh, bring us uh, kindly on to, you know, talking about the PSA testing, uh, one of the very good community things that the club does. And something else uh, community-minded is coming up, the Upbeats Walk for 2022, coming up on the 23rd uh, of April um so yeah be ahead a of a home game and uh, a chance of course uh walk uh, from the uh, training ground uh, down here at Sparrows Lane all the way to the Valley of Nine at Marwalk looking to try and raise £30,000 in donation uh you get lunch and refreshments included you could also do it virtually as well if you can't get to SE7 that day you could sort of walk around uh, your location if needs be so have a look on the Charlton website I and mean, we've we've done it's the first time in a couple of years it'll be um you know back back off obviously with covid now we've been unable to do it last year it was a virtual one but because i was at the game I, I walked myself to the to the uh to the ground from where i live quite near the training ground and it was it was nice to get out but it is, it is more fun when there's a lot of people to do it so you already signed up ain't you know
2: yeah already signed up mate uh yeah it's a good laugh i think well, we've done we've done it a few times haven't we done all of us lot and um had some good chats with seeing you know, other walkers and stuff um passes the time you know. Singing songs, I don't know, we'll do whatever, but it's nice um, nice views, you to you know, out of the
1: house, really, isn't it? No,
2: yeah, yeah, literally, it gets me out the ass, but I'm with the security of Tom, who's my uh, obviously carer, he <laughs> yeah, helps me along the way. But yeah, no, listen, I'm looking forward to it. You know, it's a really good day. The lads are obviously entertaining, and um, I don't know if they're playing another match like they usually do, but obviously, they'll join in part of the walk and. Obviously, it's a good course just to raise some you know, money for the Upbeats to let, you know, continue the, the great work that Terry, Carl and the rest of the team do. So, yeah, really, really looking forward to it. Hopefully, my knee holds up and um, hopefully we can get some more listeners and obviously people who don't listen to the bod, but um, get more of them down there and we can have a nice chat and talk about our uh, mid-table finish.
1: Yeah, that will sum up our uh, injury uh, problems if we if you're ruled out of the bloody walk. But yeah, that's it. I just realised the ho- last home game as well. So it's the uh, the day of the Shrewsbury game, twenty third of April. And if you can tell us as well, because you've been to the Upbeats Kitchen, I'm going to try and get there I'm at real. some point in the next few. Yeah, what's that all about then? The, uh, how's the food.
2: Oh mate, amazing! So obviously, when they first opened, they were just sticking with, um, just keeping it simple. You now, because obviously, all the all the updates are working there. They all get paid and everything like that. So it's all, it's all amazing. Not only. Obviously, they're learning life skills and obviously getting out and working and spending their money or whatever. Um, but, yeah, no, they started selling soup and they've sort of gradually increased it and then went there for the last game. And, you know, there was an onion barge burger which made it onto Twitter and all that jazz. It was brilliant. And, obviously, they sell beer as well. So, yeah, no, it's really That's good. That's real so,
1: reason you were there, wasn't it? <laughs>
2: well, yeah, I, did, I was partial to a, a beer there. But um, it's just that the <laughs> other side of... Um, at the other side, of the covered in lower. So if you come in, it's towards the east side and you can't miss it. And um, yeah, always there to, they always serve with a smile and and uh, yeah, that's no, brilliant. So um, great food as well. So if you're peckish, um, absolutely massive. I brought it over to Tom. He said, can't believe how big that is um, on the burger. And was going to say, thanks <laughs> for
3: clarifying. <laughs> what he hasn't said is that he'd, he'd also had a burger just before that yeah. as well. Then yeah. went down to see the upbeats, and they tempted him in with his bargey burger. So he tempted. ate that as well. Tempted, so. literally.
2: I was like, I don't think I was. I was fearing for my life if I didn't buy one. So I had to buy one and a beer. <laughs> and then, uh, and then I bumped into Terry, and he was just cracking up about it. But honestly, I ain't just saying it. Everyone might be going, "Oh, you're just saying that." Blah blah blah. Honest to God, it was unreal. It was so nice, and it was a onion bargey burger, which I'm like a bit of a meat eater. Yeah? Do you know what I mean? I'm not one of these vegetarian people but I'm telling you it was unbelievable and um, I'll definitely be going back down there on, on Saturday see what they've got in store so I'm looking forward to that
1: Lovely. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to get round maybe Saturday. I'll need, to, I'll need to arrange to be taken around there because I'll, I'll sit in a different stand. Right, let's uh, look ahead then to the Oxford game. We've been talking about the team news already, but let's learn a little bit more uh, about our opponents. Of course, Oxford have come close uh, to getting promoted the last couple of years, getting into the uh, playoffs, but losing the final a couple of years ago against Wickham, uh, missing out, of course, last year after losing the semi final uh, against Blackpool. Of course, their manager is the former Addicts boss um Carl robinson now to find out a little bit more uh, about oxford united then i spoke to simon from the fence end podcast uh, and asked him how pleased he has uh, been so far with the season so far yeah
5: pretty good pretty good we we um we started the season better than we have the last sort of couple of seasons when we we've, we've made the playoffs in the in previous two seasons on on the back of great form at the end of the season not at the start this season we started a bit better uh, um it's it's gone a little bit patchy recently with with some defeats but also some decent wins as well so it's kind of sadly sadly an interesting one to see whether we bounce back or whether we're in a little bit of a a dip
1: yeah certainly i mean what were the expectations coming into the season obviously we know you've hit you've hit the playoffs a few times recently and not in the semi-finals last year by blackpool um yeah i mean were were expectations like reaching the playoffs again minimum
5: I think so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there are there's some big clubs with you know with Sheffield Wednesday still down here in Sunderland and and Rotherham. You know, are one of those sides that knows what it takes to get out of this division. I think the automatics were perhaps a little bit of a of not a pipe dream exactly, but I think perhaps just slightly beyond us. But definitely playoffs. You know, based on like you say, the last two seasons we made made the final and then the semi final. I think. I think playoffs really are are a kind of yeah. We need to be making the playoffs again.
1: Mm. And, and what what can you tell us then about our former boss Carl Robinson? He's um he's always been a bit of a character, but he he seems to have done a, a very good job at the Casan Stadium.
5: He has, yeah, and uh, you know he, he likes to play nice football. Um, and I think as well we we we've been through through the ringer a little bit with all sorts of things with the ownership and and um, and and COVID and all of that sort of stuff. And he he's kind of in a way become the face of the club you know and the voice of the club and and i think he, he won a lot of fans over with how he he handled stuff and his management as well we one of our players um lost a very close friend of his recently and it was like well you no know, of course if you you know if you're not right in that absolutely go back home and, and be with your family and your friends you know it wasn't he I think he gets the man management right, and and that kind of endears him to the fans as well. And he, he comes across like a fan on the touchline as well. You know, <laughs> he's, he's he's certainly quite uh, demonstrative, shall we say? And I think that kind of endears him to the fans as well. So uh, yeah, I, I, I he's grown on us definitely.
1: Yeah, and what sort of football would you say he played? I mean, he was he was slightly maligned at Cheltenham for uh, sometimes sticking to like one rigid formation. But do you feel he's got? some tactical awareness to be able to switch things up now
5: yeah he, i mean he likes a winger there's there's <laughs> you know we, we could quite easily sort of play four six formation and not worry about you know midfield it's he, he loves a winger and a wide man and an uh, attacking midfielders and it's yeah it, i think we we do have a you know it does change a little bit with the formation certainly in the in, over the last few weeks we've on a couple of occasions we've played with three center halves and, and wing backs rather than a A flat back four um so he's he's definitely shown a little bit more sort of um yeah tactical kind of flexibility um recently
1: Mm. Uh, i mean you mentioned obviously those two defeats in the last couple of games including that that home loss against bolton last time out i mean can you put your finger on what what, where, where you've just tailed off and why you've just tailed off in the last few weeks
5: yeah, it, we we struggle against big physical sides who, who you know put you under pressure. We we came unstuck against Wickham as well, and and Bolton are a, a big side. Um, the 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 weather wasn't great at the weekend, and it, it not that, that it's the same for both sides, obviously. But we. If, if you're up against the side that stops you playing, um, then, then we struggle a bit. Uh, if you're against the side that likes to try and play a bit of football, um, it, it suits us. And I think we just sometimes get a little bit bullied in midfield. Um, and, and that's happened recently. Alex Gorin, who's, who's been the defensive midfielder that we've relied on over the last couple of years, had a, a cruciate ligament injury earlier in the season and we we didn't replace him in the transfer window and i one or two people are thinking that might have been a mistake we we brought in some some more attacking players but we didn't bring in that defensive midfielder that you you sometimes need in games to to kind of get stuck in and and win the ball for the ball playing midfielders
1: mm. and so i mean looking ahead to saturday who are, who are like the most the most dangerous players that the Charlton fans uh, should be wary. Obviously, Brannigan's been scoring goals in in midfield, and and obviously Matty Taylor as as well.
5: Yeah, yeah, Taylor, you know, is the is the man we rely on for for goals. Um, but Nathan Holland's been been doing well. He's a, a player on that we've had on loan before um, from West Ham, and he's on loan again, um, and uh, he's scored some some great goals, cutting in from the left and, and hitting them with his right foot. Um, We've just re- um, just signed Sam Baldock as well, um, who, who's a, a player that that's an Oxford fan. He's kind of coming here at the end of his career, but still with something to offer. Um, so Mark Sykes is a midfielder that recently um, has started scoring goals. Previous couple of seasons, he had everything apart from from goals, and and he's now scoring, which kind of makes him the the ideal midfielder. And he's he's someone that that uh, we were worried that we might lose in the transfer window, but actually. Um, we, we kept him, and uh, he's 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 a goal threat as well. Mm.
1: So I mean, looking ahead to Saturday, then how, how do you think Carl will attack this game? Will it be expansive and, and and trying to get into Charlton's faces early?
5: I think so. Yeah, I mean, we, we like to try and play on the front foot. Um, you know, it's possession based, and try and you know play on the on the ground. Um, but but uh, yeah, I think. We sort of attack is the best form of defence and we're certainly scoring goals. We're conceding too many, but um, we are scoring goals as well. So uh, I think it will be probably a high scoring game.
1: Thanks very much to Simon for giving us the load down. I mean, always a tough game against Oxford. I think ever since we come into this division, I mean, I remember that horrible game where we were leading 2-1 going into added time and lost 3-2 at the Valley. Tom that was a, that was a particularly tough one I think we beat them like last year didn't we, we had that 2-0 win um but you know we we know, we know it's going to be a, a difficult afternoon can't really compare our, our our game with them at the start of the season because we are a slightly different team to the one that got beaten was it the second game of the season but you know we're still we're still going to be in for a, a difficult afternoon and especially now they've lost the last couple as well they're going to be a bit wounded
3: yeah we've got a hope that we just catch them on another bad day and and they continue that bad run Um, they're another team aren't they we talked about it a couple of weeks ago that we were going into a a difficult spell against the likes of obviously um, Bolton and Wigan who we've already played both top 10 sides and now Oxford and I think there's another couple coming up isn't there Sheffield Wednesday and similar so yeah you were right they are off the back of two defeats um, which you know uh, could go one of either way couldn't it as you say there might be a, a wounded animal that come back and bounce back or they might be actually just starting a little slump that we can try and capitalise on with our home form being what it is. So, yeah, it's it's one of those. It's got a little bit of an edge, hasn't it? I don't know if that's just because of, of Robbo going there as well. Um, and obviously the the pair of us have, have been in this league a while, apart from that, that one season we had out of it. We feels like one of those teams that we've played a lot over the past few years. Um, so, yeah, they're certainly not going to make it easy for us. I'm sure Carl will, will want to do do us over Um I know he's not been our manager for a little while, but uh, yeah, you always want to get one over your old team, don't you? So it's not going to be an easy game. But as I say, our, our home form is good. Um, we've obviously had a, a full week to to train this week, um, and we'll, we'll just have to see what happens. Really, I think mm. that striker issue is going to be the big one that that probably will decide the game one way or the other.
1: Yeah, looking forward to seeing Carl Robinson back. It's it's he's just about bearable when you only see him once every six months, isn't he, no? <laughs>
2: yeah, I wonder what formation he's going to play. But, um, <laughs> no, but to be fair, like, if we're being honest, he, he's done a good job there, to be fair. He's, and they are one of the better teams that you play uh, in terms of easy on the eye, a quick, um, move the ball well, you know, and um, it's going to be a tough test and it's never an easy game against them. But, yeah, do you know what, like, I, 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 yeah, what you summed up as well, really, is that he's okay in... in in bits and bobs you know like it's a bit much otherwise but um, but you know he's a good coach at this level and he's still he's still quite young he's he keep, he's been in the game so long I think he's up there one of the longest um, the youngest managers that have been in the game or something like that I can't remember what he but yeah he's good at this level and he's, his team's good so we're going to have to be on our A game to try and get a result and as we said earlier we don't want it to sort of fall into that sort of end of season just meh sort of, sort of <laughs> season you know I can't really describe that sound but you, you know I mean
1: it's just a lot of people
2: are just going to go to see friends and stuff Um I say that because I'm going to see Tom but you probably don't feel the same but um, <laughs> yeah no he, good. He, he
1: was trying to avoid you he said but yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he always well, does
2: try to sort of he comes around with some glasses and a faint moustache I still find you <laughs> know
1: yeah, well, you'd be in the oak normally, wouldn't you? That's where you normally end up. Um, so yeah, we need to try and find a result uh, to uh, keep Kyle Robinson quiet, which I mean, take what well, take some doing that. But anyway, let's hear from uh, Johnny Jackson. And, uh, uh he was asked during presta how pleased he was to be back at the Valley after two away defeats on the spin.
4: Yeah, I always look forward to playing at home in front of our own crowd, and obviously got a, got a strong home record. So uh, we go into every game there confident that we can get a positive result. So it's exactly what we'd tr- be trying to do. You know, realising that, uh, um, you know, we are up against it a little bit in, in terms of the the guys missing. Um, I think Oxford have got a, a sort of, from what I understand, a bit of a clean bill of health there to choose from. So, And they got good players, good squad, good manager. So um, they're in and around it. And obviously victories for them, are, uh, you know, will propel them into the, in the top six. So they're going to be at it. It's going to be a tough game. We know that. They're going to be up for it. Um, Carl's obviously coming back to his former club he's going to want to win that game uh, but so are we and uh, you know we'll be competitive we'll be, we'll be matching them uh, stride for stride and hopefully come out uh, on the right end of it
1: there you go I mean, interesting one for Jack obviously because I mean his he, coaching career Tom started under under Carl so it's like the, the, the master versus his apprentice here if I mean if you're willing to call Carl Robinson a master <laughs> done a good job at uh, Oxford
3: yeah I'm not sure about master but yeah he's certainly done all right hasn't he and and as you say, we've kind of had that that little spell where him and uh, and Boya were under Robbo. Then Boya comes in, and Jacko works under him. And Nigel Atkins was a bit of a left field one, and and now it's it's Robbo coming back to see Jacko taking the reins. So yeah, I'm sure he will have learned a lot off him. Um, we spoke, I think, the last time I was on about Jacko's determination to stick to this formation, and we talked a little bit about their their similarities and differences, and you know whether it's a a stubbornness, or actually, an identity, or where that line is between the two. Um, but yeah, it, it is going to be a, a tough one. Um, I'm sure he has a lot of respect for, for Carl Robinson. I'm sure he, he showed him a lot and taught him a lot whilst he was here. But once the uh, the game kicks off, they will just be two managers in the dugouts and, and he'll want to go and win the game. So yeah, as I said in my last answer, I think, you know, in terms of formation and, and strikers, really, that's where for me the game's going to be decided. I think if we can get an early goal from whoever it is that he decides to play up front our home record is good and I'd like to think we can kick on but if we're looking toothless up front like we have done a little bit recently then then we could be in a bit of trouble but um yeah it'll be interesting to see which way the game goes
1: yeah, certainly. Wouldn't. I mean, one of the one of the um, decisions that Jacko made last week was obviously to leave leave Akinfenwa out of the squad completely. He travelled up to to Wigan. I saw him there, but he wasn't in the squad. Obviously, we know with the the situation with the five lonies, we we had the likes of Niall John and Juan Castillo uh, in the uh, in in the squad, um, uh, and the likes of Jason Pierce, Sam Lavelle on the bench. So it's not completely unexpected that we didn't need a third centre half on the bench, knife. But I mean, were you surprised in, that he was dropped in the first place? Because I mean, you have to call it a drop in. He made that mistake. Uh, up at Bolton but I mean w- w- would he have been the man that you would have taken out would you bring him back in for the game coming up Saturday or do you want to see here? I mean do we know if Lavelle's fit, fit enough to start would he come back into it how would you sort of see that that back three, especially as we have been playing players out of position now obviously we know Sean Clare's done well had a couple of mistakes recently and, and uh, the likes of Ben and playing on the left of that back three when we do have centre-halves to choose from now <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was
2: twofold, really. I think, was I surprised to see him drop? Yes, because we didn't really have a,
1: uh, you know, a, a
2: natural center after to, to slot in there. But not I not, wasn't too surprised because he was poor against Bolton. Not only for the mistake, I thought it looked like he played like he was out on the Jaegers the night before for me. And he was, he was poor. And I think he probably did deserve to be dropped in that sense. But um, whether or not he comes back in sat- Saturday, I suppose it all depends how he's trained and how he's, re- how he's reacted to a poor performance which we need to do we need to say to players if you don't if you don't perform you ain't playing um, especially now that we ain't got nothing to play for um, I would imagine he would come back in but it'd be nice to sit get sit Lavelle have some minutes I don't know if he'll be able to start but it'd be nice to see him get some minutes um, so yeah it's just I mean in terms of Akin yeah I don't think he could have really grumbled really at the performance that he'd done against Bolton um, but maybe it was a bit left field but Perrin has played there before you know he's usually a steady Eddie, isn't he, Purinton? But um, yeah, so we're getting a few more choices. Is it? I don't know if Innes is, you know, he's going to play. I don't so big see how useful he is at set pieces and how bad we've been at set pieces. So it could be a key sort of plan of how we're going to score a goal because it might be that it will just be one set piece that we'll win the game from, because I would imagine the way that Cole plays, you know, the wingers are played quite high and he's going to push, try and push off our wing-backs if we do play the three-five-two as far back as possible, um, and they're going to try and dictate the midfield, which I think they've done before when we played them at home, and I don't think Bo was happy exactly about it. I think it was mm-hmm. that game, but yeah, I don't know, but I've, <laughs> I'd, I'd be surprised if he's if he's not in the squad, or at least on the bench, Um because then, otherwise, that means that Jack is really fuming at that performance.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, Lee came in for Morgan, obviously up at up at Wigan, and and I'd I'd say probably took his chance. I think he, you know, he scored the goal. I thought he was involved in our better stuff going forward before you know that the entire team sort of faded second half. I mean, do, do you keep him out? Do, do you bring Albie back in because he had been playing pretty well himself, Tom?
3: Uh, it's a difficult one. I I'm not one for for changing the midfield when they're playing well. Obviously, he's brought Lee in off the back of that that Bolton game and, and fair play to him. He's got his goal. I know I was very critical of him early in the season, didn't really see what he was offering us, but he's come back in, he's taken his chance. And I think that's, that is one of the areas where there is that competition for places. And I think it's the same reason Morgan has stepped up because you know, if you have a bad game, you're probably going to be back out the side. So for me, you keep Elliot Lee in now. Uh, he's done nothing wrong, as you say. Um, and, and you tell him to go and build on that and try and get another goal because... Whilst you will rotate if there are bad performances, you want these players to try and build momentum when they're in the side. So, yeah, I'd expect that midfield, provided there's no injuries, that midfield to stay the same and and try and give some consistency. Um, But yeah, as I say, and and as Naish just said there, it's it's who starts up front for me that's the interesting one and and what formation Jacko goes for.
1: Mm, well we will find out uh, on Saturday of course when we play Oxford United at the Valley right thanks to those of you who've tuned in to this week's Big Match Preview we have uh, run out of time don't forget we'll be back on Sunday to look back at that game against Oxford and ahead to next Tuesday's game uh, against Milton Keynes. Don't forget to look out for the chaps in the fans bar uh, after the game where you can go up to either Benji or Lewis or whoever ends up in there uh, and give your post-match reaction uh, to the game. Get yourself on Sunday's pod, so look out for the chaps there. Thank you to Tom and Nathan for joining me this week. Make sure you uh, enjoy uh, each other's company with your big uh, burgers on, on Saturday.
2: <laughs> yeah, we'll try. Yeah, I don't man. know if I'm actually meeting yet. I don't even. I'm, I'm not there. No. Sa- I'm
3: not even there Saturday. Oh, here we go. Oh, again. Cool, man. Here we go again. Uh, <laughs> <terrible>. <laughs> Where are you this time? At Stag do. Ah, oh, nice. You're, uh, nice.
0: Oh,
1: oh, you're, you're the worst. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, no, Your own okay. stag do. I, I, I would forego a stag do to see a, a home game. Forgo my own stag. <laughs> yeah,
3: for Oxford at home. This yeah. game.
1: Tell the other lads to turn up. You tell them you meet them thereafter. Right. Okay. Well, I'm disgusted by the end of this pod, but we we will call it a day there. I'm Louis Mendes. Uh, thanks for listening. We shall see you again on Sunday. <laughs>
3: cast powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hey guys, welcome to Giggly Squad, a place where we make fun of everything, but most importantly, ourselves.